Welcome to episode 10 of the Purpose Podcast. I'm Kendra Weaver, and this week our special guest is Mona Lee, a woman of power who doesn't box herself into one singular thing. At 26 years old, she has manifested a lane of her own, striving to not look like anyone else and constantly thinking of new ways to use her hands and beautiful mind. We discuss empathy, craving your highest self, faith, empowerment, what it means to be a 90s baby living in this era, and so much more. We connect the art to the artist and the artist to you. I'm here with Mona Lee. (laughs) She is a lot of things. She's a mother, a dancer, a coach. Innovator, healer, creator, director, visual artist, she does it all. Uh, It's the biggest honor to sit here next to you. Um, You've been like one of my biggest inspirations for the longest time. So it's just like, I just want to personally thank you for sharing your thoughts and your visions and your gifts with the world. So. Oh my God. More alcohol, please. (laughs) I'm speechless. Growing up, did you always find joy in dancing, or was it something that you found you had to kind of like work yourself into? Because you're such a natural mover, so just wondering how that process went. I've always loved to dance. I've always loved dancing, like since I was little. And then I discovered the the battle world, and I was like, oh shit, I can do this on my own. Like it doesn't have to be. Because you join a mega crew, and then you're like, all right, I just need to train. I need to practice the choreography that's being given to me. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then it's like, that has a threshold. And then... Right. Yeah, but then when I discovered, like, 1v1, it was like a whole new world. Yeah. So when did you discover battling? How um, old were you? Ben took me. Ben 10? Yeah! Yeah, Ben Fan. Fam? Fan. Fan. <laughs> ben 10. <laughs> Woo! He's fam, though. <laughs> He's fam, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he took me to my first battle. And it was interesting because I felt like we kind of high-fived out of each other's scenes. Because, right. Because I was heavily into, like, choreographing, blocking, setting, like, doing choreography. Mm-hmm. I came from, I don't want to say I came from that world, but I'm, I was very familiar. Mm-hmm. And then he took, he was battling, he took me to my first battle. And then it was as if we, like, literally high-fived out the door. And he right. was like, I'm going to go start choreographing. And I was like, I'm going to start battling. That's so crazy. <laughs> and then we've never switched scenes. Like, he became a leader in that community, and, you know. He, like, found someone to, like, not replace, but, like, he's like, all right, I'm going to leave this to you, and I'm going to, like, go try a new thing. It's kind of <laughs> cool. I didn't even know that he was the one to do that. That's pretty awesome. No, yeah. Awesome. This is the first time I've told anybody that. Whoa! Like, on camera or microphone. Bringing it to you here. Yeah. I'm a purpose I'm going to do that a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're a mother to a beautiful girl named Juji. Mm-hmm. What has uh, motherhood taught you? Patience. <laughs> like, are we going to be bleeping out words? No, nah, just, just go for it. Patience like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, okay, like, oh my God. <laughs> like nothing else. Because not a lot really changed. Like, people were like, oh, you're going to... Your whole life's going to change. It's going to age you. And I could see how they would say it would age me. Mm. Because there's a lot of, like, I, I catch myself, like, uh, what is that called? Like, sighing a lot. Like, gasping. Not gasping for air, but, like, having to catch my breath. Like, yeah. okay, wow, like, this is taking a lot longer than I wanted it to take on one thing. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, mm-hmm. when you teach someone something, it kind of, you're being retaught that lesson, so... Mm. Kind of the same thing okay. with parenting. Yeah. So she's five, so you had her pretty young, right? Ish, kind of, yeah. Ish. ish. Did you feel at that time that you were, like, in a mental space of, like, okay, I'm ready for this? Like, Hell no. no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I was living out of my car, dude. I was living out of my car during that time, and I wasn't with her dad. So it was, like... It was not this whole, like, we just got married, we yeah. just got a house, time to have a kid. It was, like, the polar opposite time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nothing told me that I was going to be okay. Like, absolutely nothing. Like, um, I was transitioning. I didn't know if I wanted to still live in Florida or not. Or mm-hmm. um, Everything was kind of just up in the air. Yeah, and then I had my first ultrasound. And in that moment, um, I didn't know what to do um so when I had the ultrasound and I saw her I just instantly like I can't even describe to you how I knew it was just like 
was like, okay. I walked out of the clinic, like, apologizing to her that I ever questioned it. It's like, I'm going to take care of you, like, the whole shebang. So. <laughs> you are into meditation and crystals and, like, soul work. Yeah. <laughs> that, what did that stem from? Like, how were you hurting to be able to be like, okay, I really need to, like, develop these practices? How was I hurting? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. um, probably coming from feeling like I had to, I've been in, like, a survivalist mentality for as long as I can remember, even through high school because my dad was military. So having to constantly switch schools. I went to five different high schools. Wow. So it was like, I, I always felt, one, alone, because I never really kept friends. It was like, I could make friends easy, but, you know, yeah. it wasn't really, yeah. So feeling alone and then not feeling at home anywhere. So I needed to find home within mm. somewhere. Like I You were constantly, to, like, searching and, like, you weren't finding it. So, yeah. yeah. External validation and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so I had to find it somewhere, and that was the only place, so. Yeah. I definitely have a nice little home in myself, and um, no matter how chaotic it gets out here, like I can always just close my eyes and see a better place. So. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's a lot of it's work. It's better in here. Did it take like some time to really get to that place? I'm yeah, sure. for sure. And then you're tested too, like of course, you know, you think you're like, yeah, I've got this, and then something just like pushes oh, yeah. you back down. You're like, Oh, I'm not. I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, you think you're at your highest. I mean, that's part of the cycle, too. If you've ever seen those, like, mantras or the cycles mm -hmm. where it shows you, like, um, you kind of have this, like, one-on-one -on -one with your ego once you get to that point. And then you are in the position of making the loop around so many times, mm -hmm. like, with your ego. Because mm -hmm. that's a can of worms, but yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Thanks. You hold your own readings, and you have an online classroom, and you focus on empowering the youth. And what I love is that you don't limit yourself to just a couple identities. Like, you delve yourself into so many things. Yeah. Um, what is a typical session like for one of your readings, and who and why should someone do it? Well, there's different readings. When I first started out, I was doing, like, crystal readings, and I did it in, like, an unconventional way. Like, because there's, there's people who tell you, like, there are these masters and you know you can take like online courses and stuff like that or you can meet with people and they can show you how it's been done mm -hmm. traditionally mm -hmm. like my dad's a reiki healer mm -hmm. so that's something too mm -hmm. but it just we have native american roots and it's just kind of like encoded like my dad gets visions i've always had visions it's just kind of like a, a heightened sense of empathy mm -hmm. you know when you just feel so hard you can kind of just like see every possibility there yeah. is so but a traditional going back sorry i got out but no, you're fine. the um i was doing like crystal like i would be like here are some crystals like just kind of do what you will with them like that's not normal mm -hmm. i would just be like just put them in a pattern and then like i'll look at it and then i could see from the um geometry of how they placed it that probably doesn't make any sense i'm trying to like <laughs> no no i'm like that probably doesn't make any sense right now but so the way that they place them tells you what exactly how they're feeling internally externally how they're um you know things that i might not know in great detail but and there's also just like something that people radiate to their like, aura yeah energy. like there's an energy that emits from them and i can also see behind people's eyes sometimes mm -hmm. and i'm just like body language plays a big deal with things too um yeah so yeah. <laughs> that's a can of worms too <laughs> every question is like for two three four i'm like okay video two for this part <laughs> The reason someone would want to get a reading is because they just feel like there's just like this cloudy energy that they can't get out of themselves. I, for one, have been feeling very, just in the last year alone, I've been feeling very tired. So just using myself as an example and to plug, do a shameless plug real quick. Yeah. I'm just like, man, like I miss myself. Like you ever just miss yourself? Oh, currently. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, dang, like I felt like there was yeah. a certain point of time where I was the most powerful and you're craving that high, yep. the high of like your natural self. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, man, how can I get to that? And right. I made it my mission, you know. And um, I did acupuncture. I got a massage. Like, I, I did a whole self-care day. Like, yeah, you know, I had to put myself in that. Because I'm not perfect. I'm not, like, over here, like, the all-seeing no. I'm not levitating on my days <laughs> off. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm working towards my self-peace, mm-hmm. like, all the time. It's a daily yeah. practice. Daily, hourly. Minute by minute. <laughs> like, in traffic, like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. It's like, when did I get so jaded? Like, I just miss, I don't know, being more You just get exhausted. And, yeah. Literally, exhausted. I tell people, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm sick, I'm tired. Quote. God's got me. I'll never be without, even if it feels like I'm coming to my last dollar. And that's a quote of yours from a post. And this resonates deeply with me. Oh, yeah. So how has faith kept you afloat? With faith, like, the substance of faith is knowledge. It's like, but it's like, what what do I know? You don't know anything, Mm. right? So the one thing you need to know, like, the one truth is that you're already rich. Like, everything comes from within. Like, your hands are so valuable. Everything comes from here, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've been on my last dollar so many times. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even... Money is nothing compared to your potential. Mm -hmm. And the visions you can have, and just, like, time and space are so valuable right now. Like, to have time and space, like, to just not have your phone on, to, like, actually sit and, like, you know what I mean? Like, just to kind of sit and actually create from the ground up, you know? And while, although the internet provides a great platform for inspiration, obviously, like... It's also a distraction. It's also a distraction. A lot of noise just being thrown at you constantly. Very. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I feel like I was actually having this conversation... Kind of like the 90s. We're all like 20, we're 26. Yeah. 90s. We were born in a time where we like, we know what it's like to be bored. It was like right before the rise of the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, we had floppy disks. We had like retro games. We didn't have like these super hyper realistic virtual reality. We didn't have, no. we didn't even really have platforms I didn't know how to do my eyebrows until, like, after high school. We just have people, mm-hmm. like, you know, with all this, like, oh, I can look that up. I can figure out how to do that. I can figure out how to do that. And it's at their fingertips. They're but we had to, their... mm-hmm. We had to literally, like, find ways to create. And I feel like we're such a weird generation where we're kind of put in this, like, testing ground now. We're, like, in a battleground of just, like, keeping our integrity. And yeah, that's interesting like, perspective of, like, 90s babies, like, grappling with, like, what they grew up with and then now like facing all this like stuff that we're just like disgusted by we're literally in the middle of it because we're disgusted but we're also like we were coding on myspace like flirting with a six-figure income okay (laughs) we're like we're we're right there it's such a weird such a weird time i didn't even know that you could um use google docs i've i just learned that like three months ago i didn't know that that was a thing I was like, dang, I need, to, I need to buy Microsoft Word. I'm trying to write this book. And my sister was like, why don't you just use Google Docs? And I was like, what's that? <laughs> what is Google Docs? Like, I didn't even know about it. But whatever. <laughs> As we mentioned before, you're an innovator, always creating with your hands and your mind. How did culture conduct come about? Oh, well. <laughs> I wanted a place for me to put everything because... Just like you said, like, there's so many different things. I can't title myself one thing. Mm -hmm. As far as, um, you know, like, writing, directing, dancing, like, all these different things, I just wanted, like, a channel. Like, if you go to my website now, there's, like, a TV tab, and it's, like, all the videos that I've compiled, and there's, like, the shop where it's, like, photos I've taken, or, like, the Muse Mm -hmm. tab where it's, like, empowerment. There's just so much. But I wanted a place to where I could just kind of keep me in check, keep other people in check, have a place to like work with other people, call it something, just kind of put it under something so it made sense, so it wasn't so chaotic. Even though in reality it probably is, but putting a name on it gives it like boundaries. 
it's okay. If it's chaotic, way, though. Life's chaotic. It really is. It's a great representation. This is just one big like hallucination that we're sharing, honestly. No, really, it is. But anyway, <laughs> she always leaves me at like. But well, that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know we have a lot of questions today. So no, we're... girl, if you want to get into it. Like... <laughs> it is. So I think we look in a mirror and we see ourselves, right? We're like, that's us. And it's just kind of like boring. We're like, that's who we are. We identify, this is the body I'm in. That's a bound, right? Mm -hmm. That's a boundary. We look at other people and it's like whole planets in each of these boundaries, in a way. Mm -hmm. We're all like little planets in a way. That's why I said, I don't know if you wanna go here. Like, <laughs> cause we're all sharing, like we all have like our own reality, like I'm living in my perspective, you live in your perspective, you're behind your eyes, I'm behind my eyes. Everybody's behind their eyes. And that's why I think like when you look at a book and you're reading everything, you're literally like, to the naked eye, to an alien looking at that situation, like someone reading a book, like you're literally like looking at pages hallucinating because you're putting yourself into a perspective of somebody else's being behind somebody else's eyes. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I posted this on Instagram recently. Like, I really like when people, like, highlight stuff or write notes in books, like in used books, because then it's, like, the double. Like, you're reading behind two eyes in a way. Mm. You're like, oh, you're observing, like, two perspectives and just, like, not so. Just one giant hallucination. The only thing that makes anything real is when you observe it. So if we're all here and we're all looking and we're all seeing each other, then it's like, we're, it's validating our existence. Like peace on earth couldn't happen because we're all precious in our uniqueness, right? So, but if we were all the same, it would be boring. We would all be one person. That's why there could never really be peace on earth here. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, have you guys watched Rick and Morty? Uh -huh. Have you seen the Unity episode? Is that where the, uh, it's like, the multiple layers? No, it's when she, it's like one of Rick's like old flames and like he goes to this planet and it's like, hello, Rick. But it's like, it's all one voice coming from different people, which is like really good theory because that'd be the only way that there'd be peace on earth is if there was one perspective through every single. Yeah. And that's not, that's not unique. There's no uniqueness in that. That's why I fuck with Rick and Morty, because there's some real theories on there. Yeah. But I'm like, that's real. <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. So back to culture conduct is that, <laughs> I know we like. So back to what we were originally yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to like tie that into my next question, because it would make no sense if I was like, mm -hmm. So do you see it as kind of like a big, um, not portfolio, I don't want to label it as that, but. Like you said, like a place for you to like show all of the stuff that you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. It's like so, a production house. Okay, so are you doing anything currently? Like, do you have what type of plans do you have for it? In the future, for culture conduct right now, yeah. Like, oh is gosh, that something? So many. Tell so many. me. <laughs> what you want to share? <laughs> so many. The one that I've been working on for the past like three years, more so because when it first started, it was like kind of like this freestyle group. I was like, oh, let's all get together. And like, I didn't realize that it was like an empowerment thing. Like mm. we're all empowering each other. We're staying up like Ooh. seven hours, 12 hours. When did that click for you, the whole empowerment? 2016, which is what I was gonna get into. I like prayed and prayed and prayed. I was like, I'm tired, last dollar. Mm. I was like, what, what, what can I do here? Like, what are my assets? What can I do? How can I incorporate my people? How can I impact other people? How can this be wholesome? How can I keep doing my thing? How can I keep, you know, like, what's the best possible situation here? Yeah. And I just got this, um, I don't wanna say message, but I just got like, just empowerment speaking. Like actually just get out there and like make it your mission. Like go speak. And so I started going to middle schools and high schools and just like, this is who I am. This is what I've been through. Because essentially that's how everybody in culture conduct as far as like the free cell team goes is what we all kind of had in common it was like this like shared um, I don't want to say trauma but you know like we all just want to get away mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah and so just kind of using that as the metaphor um, 
And so, yeah, I started going to middle schools, high schools, community centers, mm -hmm. and just using dance in that way. So that's kind of been one of the main goals mm -hmm. in terms of like empowerment. Yeah. And footwork. Because it's less about um, stage sets now, like how it was before, and like concept videos, and less about uh, group effort in that way. More about the outreach. And Mission others. outreach. Yeah. And actually like getting out there. and less, less social media, like actually just going and being real about it, and just go do it. Connecting. So, connecting. Like, real connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Like real connection, I mean. Mm -hmm. What characters do the Floridians play in the book that is your life? Because they're pretty impactful to your story, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are like, I could cry. Those guys are my fucking backbone. Like, they've taught me so much about loyalty and, um, you know, like, you have your family and then you have, like, the family that you choose. And they truly are, like, my brothers and my close ones. Like, they have my back. Like, I, I can't really mm -hmm. talk about them. I'll start crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's when you know it's real. Yeah. Like, it could be four in the morning and I'd be somewhere and I'd be like, I... I can't right now and they'd either find a way to pull up or they would make me come over there or someone would show up mm -hmm. and and it's a different kind of love where they don't coddle me it's like you know what I'm saying like they're so real it's ridiculous so yeah Beautiful. yeah so much loyalty and love <laughs> so I want to talk about your wise man piece at no excuses 2013 I'll never forget this moment because it was actually the first time I saw you dance. Really? And I know that you say that moment changed your life because it was the first time you were like super vulnerable. Yeah. But it also changed mine that night. Like just like literally like I went through and watched it the other day again. Instant goosebumps. Being there physically watching you, I was like, first of all, who is this girl? And <laughs> just like the passion radiating through you was like so palpable and tangible I was just like forever influenced from that moment so I want to know tell me about that night and that piece there's a lot about that night that I probably won't be able to talk about because it'll be putting some yeah, yeah no 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 what, but what let me just say share. there was some added intensity last minute mm. because I was supposed to be a judge or something and then I was he keeps it real. I was disrespected. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, hell no. And so when that moment happens, when you're treated less than, especially in the moments of like, during that time, I had a lot of, I don't want to say ego, but I was very like, you can't tell me shit. Like, this is before Juji, obviously. Yeah. I was like putting in so many hours. I was training so hard. I was literally living my life for the stage. Like, Every day, I need to know that if I get on stage, I'm going to be the best version of myself possible. Not that I don't do that now, but it's not like, you know, I have my kid, I have... Things are, you know, it's a little more chill now. Like, I'm yeah. not as, like, mm -hmm. you know... Um, yeah. I mean, when those times come, obviously, I'm going to, like, train. But anyway, so I was just... It was the first time that I actually felt like what... Uh, do you know what chi is? Like, have you ever heard of chi? Yeah. Yeah, it was the first... I was like, I actually, like, feel... I remember telling X, I was like, I feel something right here, like in my stomach. It feels like light or something. Like I feel something very heavy and strong there. And I, I didn't know what it was until like I started learning about Chi, like mm. just this year. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that makes so much sense. But that, I just, I wanted the opportunity to voice myself. And it's Frank Ocean. And I felt like it was such a timeless song and it was more acapella, so it was just like straight to the point. It wasn't really like a lot of different beats. It wasn't yeah. about being groovy or flexing or anything. It was yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna talk mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna see anybody. And it was the first time that I've done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like I said, I was disrespected like moments before I got on the stage and I was like, so it added that extra that fire. Yeah, that extra fire mm -hmm. for sure.
which ended up working, but yeah. <laughs> in the circumstances, you're like. So that was freestyle? Freestyle all the way. All the way. Yeah. What you do resonates with people. Have you figured out why and what qualities are you proud of for yourself? Because I feel like positive affirmation is very necessary, so don't forget to talk about it. Mm. <laughs> I really admire um, just real. Some people are just like honest. Honesty is at my forefront, like always. Like I prioritize honesty because otherwise you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. If you're not gonna be honest, like who are you living for? Like what are you, you know what I mean? It's all a dance. And I just feel like the more real you are, there's no doubt that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because that's something we question all the time. It's like, am I even supposed to be here right now? Yeah. You can't question it if you've been honest this whole time, regardless if it's somewhere you want to be or not, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, this sucks, but I'm supposed to be here right now, so let me take everything as an opportunity for growth, to learn something, you know? Yeah. I feel what resonates most with people is that, like, that inner desire to want the truth. Like, going back on what I said earlier, like, just truth. And just being real and raw, no matter how ugly. And yeah. Did you always find it easy to be that open and honest and vulnerable? No, not at all. <laughs> it wasn't until I like stopped giving a shit that I was like, oh well, life is easier now. Like <laughs> <laughs> you like broke that cord. Yeah, I broke like... the threshold. I was like, well, fuck it. Like. <laughs> What do I have to lose? And then what I started it, living like that. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm like actually living now. What did it take to get to that point of like, just like, all right, I surrendered to it, like literally not giving. A shit. Yeah. <laughs> was it like a certain moment or just like, it just kind of built up over time? Like, when you realize that no one's going to do anything for you. <laughs> when you realize that like you are doing for you because no one else is going to do for you what you can do for and that goes to like performance mode. Like no one's gonna perform for you, you gotta go on that stage and perform, you know? So real, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. Like no one's Mm -hmm. gonna, I mean obviously we want to love and be loved Mm -hmm. and we want community, we want family, we want these things, but ultimately we're gonna go out alone, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like knowing that. Uh, Growing into yourself takes years, and arguably some people will say you're always molding and changing and never truly finding oneself. How have you evolved in your 20s so far? As far as finding myself? Or as far as being myself? Like growing into, like, who you think you're meant to be and feel more comfortable now versus being 20 years old. Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but at like least, but some... at least, like you've made progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it starts with. I love how all these uh, questions kind of tie together in the answers, mm-hmm. which I don't think you anticipated. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, this happens as years <laughs> go by. You just don't give a shit more and more and more, and you're like, I'm not gonna do something I don't want to do. Like I won't even. I won't. For instance, like, I used to apply for any and every job when I was younger. Like, I've had so many odd jobs just to, like, have a job. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, oh, whatever, I got the energy, I got the time. I used to work three jobs all the time before I had my kid. And it was, like, nothing. But then, like, time seems to become more precious and we want to sleep more than we want to go out with people and, like, these things. You know, so I feel like that's kind of the main thing that's changed is like my energy. Like I won't go apply for just any job. It's like, where where can I spend my time that I can... Where is it gonna be worth it? Where is it gonna be me? worth it? I'm not just gonna, and then you're also, you gotta think like you might be taking someone else's job too, mm. you know? I don't wanna take somebody else. If, that, if that's what they're cut out for, like give that to that person. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are looking for jobs. Right, it's like where am I, like where is this right for me? Like where am I good fit? Exactly. Be be useful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This one just kind of popped into my head, going off the book. 
because I read this thing where it was like, be careful confusing anxiety and intuition. Because a lot of the time, mm-hmm. it could feel like the same thing. Or like, you think it's one thing, but it's actually the other. It's like not really knowing, like, you know, like certain things. You finish. Oh, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> that's obviously a tough thing. I don't know if anyone ever is like, I, I cannot distinguish this. But are you able to, like, be aware and, like, step outside yourself for a second and realize, okay, this isn't my intuition. This is just me. This is anxiety right now. Yeah. I have anxiety, and through the like years of having it, I'm a lot better at recognizing, okay, this is literally all in my head. Yeah. This isn't something that's like, oh, I'm being like, I have this message. It's like, I'm making this all up. So are you able to, I don't know, I don't really know where I'm going with this question. It's more <laughs> like a conversation, but. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's like, a, like that's one like, of the hardest things. No, yeah, dude. And it takes getting off your fucking phone to have the space and the time to like really dissect everything. Because dissecting stuff takes time. Whew. It does. Yeah. This is real as shit. Like, I get on my phone and I just like distract myself and then all of a sudden I'm not thinking about it anymore. But like I really need to put the phone down, think about what the issue is. Communication is is everything, and it takes just kind of like time. Because if you if you had no patience and you're just talking to everybody outside of romantic relationships too, if you're just talking to people like the way you want to talk and you're not really considering anything, mm-hmm. you just come off as an asshole. And nobody wants to be around you, and like you know, yeah. like <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing gets done, nothing gets solved. You know, empathy, compassion, all of that, which leads me. Because oh, yeah. um, I know you mentioned empathy earlier, too. I forget what we were talking about. But you consider yourself like a big empath, right? Oh, yeah. Which is a blessing and a curse. That's such a curse uh, sometimes. How do you navigate listening to someone else's unloading and pain and not taking it on as your own in order to help them? You can't. In order to help someone truthfully, you have to put yourself in that position and feel everything that's real like I really I can't just sit here otherwise I'm just listening to you talk and letting you vent Mm -hmm. but if I'm gonna help you I need to be able to like know exactly what got you to this point where you want to be you know do you find that it affects you afterwards like it's heavy probably yeah 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 (laughs) Mm That's that's probably why I needed to go get acupuncture that one time. That's probably why I was so fucking exhausted. I was like, so, there's just stuff. I just need it out. Like, I just need to cleanse. I need to refresh. Yeah. Acupuncture is really good for that, too, by the way. Like, cleansing your aura. And, like, just kind of... Trauma is in the blood. Mm-hmm. So even if you've gone through stuff, like, years and years and years ago, like, with acupuncture, if you set your intentions while you're getting... All that stuff. Like, if you just repeat your mantra, like, your intentions yeah. while you're getting acupuncture, your circulation will flow, and in, like, the next 24 to 48 hours, you'll just cry. <laughs> Which is needed. Yeah. Crying's good. You'll just, ha- you'll just feel it. It's crazy how the heart works. Did you know that before anything else in the body starts working, the heart beats one time, and then it pumps everything to start? Mm-hmm. Yep. When you're a little, yep. The heart beats and then everything starts working. Not the brain, the brain doesn't turn the heart on or anything, the heart beats. Yeah, my dad told me that. Shout out to your dad. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that had to do with anything. No, it's <laughs> fine. We're just talking about anything, honestly. <laughs> We're just going all across the board. Your thought process while freestyling, words hold power. So what what are you telling yourself as you, as you move? As I move? Yeah. It depends. If I'm battling, mm-hmm. I'm talking shit. <laughs> I'm like, you know, because there's battle techniques, there's battle tactics, and, you know, you got there's certain things, and then you're on a time limit, and it's to a song you don't know, so you can't necessarily place any other kind of intention on a song you don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's why it's a battle. 
but if it's like a performance it's like either resonate with the song I actually tweeted this today where uh, I used to rely heavily on lyrics and I would just kind of like sing the lyrics in my head as I danced and then it would create the movement but I've recently through battle training to instrumentals and stuff I've been able to like come up with my own vocabulary and like Talk hmm. my shit. So, like, <laughs> okay, you know, hmm. interesting. <laughs> Come up with your own vocabulary. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of some, like, if I'm going uh, with a formula, my formulas are very like metaphysic, just because I just feel like everything is just kind of, I just feel meta. So I'm like, water or like, um, air, fire, whatever, right? Or like, or I'll focus on like the rhythm or the counts grooves in terms of like one two one one you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like repeating or dun, 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 and then changing up like kind of like rapping or like singing yeah poetically like stanza wise but mm. yeah oh my god i'm like talking too much what <laughs> like this is a podcast like, this is what we're supposed to do <laughs> like this is literally the what guest you came says she's for. talking too much <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what um, you came here for? <laughs> <laughs> Took six hours, but we're here. Um, <laughs> this is like a really generic question I feel like I ask a lot of people, but I think it's so important to impose it upon you because like you're your own human and I want to hear your answer. As artists, we draw from all of our life experiences, big or small, but who are your main inspirations, people that you feel have a big impact on your creations, whether it be subconsciously through your natural choices or, you know, what have you. That's a good question. Because I don't watch anybody anymore. I no, I, I, I feel that, honestly. Because I don't want to look like anybody. Yeah. No, as far like, as dance goes, mm -hmm. I don't want to look like anybody. But I've trained with my guys, like the Floridians. Like, we've, like, you know, we were, like, literally sleeping in studios, like, it's just in us. It's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. I can never remove, like, Sam's influence or X's influence. Breland Hans. Like, I can never. It's just there. Mm -hmm. You know? That's just there. I definitely still look at... Yeah, they're still my inspirations. I'm not going to lie. But as far as timelessness goes, I always look at people like, you know, Erica Badu or, like, Pharrell. There's just something so timeless about... Just those two people as an example. Like, there's probably like a list of people behind that, but those are just the first feminine and masculine forces that come to mind right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, Erica Badu is very uh, dense with her intentions on when she writes and when she sings, <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't. She said it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. And okay. then Pharrell literally, like, literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> People are like, why are they laughing? It's an earlier conversation at the bar. Okay. Woo. <laughs> 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 I forgot what I was saying. Um, you were talking about Erica and... Erica and Pharrell. Yeah. yeah. Erica's just so, like, soulful. And she's, like, timeless. Mm -hmm. She's literally been the same essence since she started to now. And she's like, it's been like 20 plus years that she's been in the game. Come on now. And then Pharrell literally made an entire, like he projected his whole world and clothed people like with Billionaire Boys Club or like, you know what I'm saying? Like his music is very him. Mm -hmm. His influences were very him he didn't mm. look at anybody next to him he was like no this is what inspires me mm. it's just it's not better or worse it's like different these entities yeah and i always just look at like different i don't want to look like anybody and i don't want to like i don't want to see what's popping and like let that influence let that influence me yeah. and be like oh i i really want um i really want this person's attention because i respect her work like yeah that's so one laned if our paths cross and they cross if i watch her from a distance or watch him from a distance not talking about erica for all but mm -hmm. just like 
random people who influence me. Then, like, that's what it is. Like, going back to the truth thing. It is what it is. I think you've achieved not looking like anyone else. Like, your style is you. Thank you. For sure. That makes me feel <laughs> so great. Yeah. Wow. There's only one Mona. You are your own entity that you've built, so. <laughs> Namaste, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you want juicy stuff? Like, like what? what are you trying to talk about? Whatever you want to talk about, I'm down. I'm the realest person you'll have on this podcast. What's something you want to know from me or about the universe? No, I'm just kidding. I don't have the. <laughs> I'm like, I have the fucking answers. Okay. Like, <laughs> You said like you first started like with choreography. Is there like a particular like style that you started with? I actually first started like truthfully. I like dancing for dance. Mm -hmm. Like I liked how it felt to catch a beat. Right. Like, oh, I'm dancing on beat. Sure. Because sometimes that's not natural. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I can dance on beat. And then it started like in middle school doing all these like you know, chicken head, fucking heel toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever. And then my brother was a b-boy, okay. so I got into that's how that's why I do my groundwork now because that's literally mm. my foundation. Oh, is wow. like that's the first thing. Okay. Yeah. Connection. That's what that's yeah. Weren't you weren't you known as like Novocaine knees or something? That was like a that. fucking joke. Oh my god. My crew like they <laughs> they called me Novocaine knees. It was a joke. Like they made a video and then they put these funny names for everybody and then mine was Novocaine knees and then they signed me up under Novocaine knees at a battle. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And people come up to me. They're like, I thought you were two different people at one point. <laughs> Man, whatever. It didn't so, stick, but obviously I still remember it. It's just funny. Like, it's like I'll wear it on a jacket. Like, mm -hmm. you know, my knees aren't what they used to be, but I, I you mean, know. <laughs> saw you out there on the concrete doing the, you know. I used to be like several spins on yeah. the concrete. Now it's like maybe two. Yeah. She's grown. But with the choreo thing, she's grown. <laughs> You've changed. <laughs> she's lived through some things. She's 26. <laughs> Speaking oh from God. experience. Dude, it's hot in here. <laughs> but in, in terms of the, uh, the choreo thing, one of the high schools I went to was in Oxnard, California. And I was just like dancing, doing my thing, you know. And then, like, this girl I knew, her name is JJ, she was like, you should come to auditions because I know you like to dance. I came to auditions, and it was, like, Cali choreo. You know, like, the freaking... Freaking uh -huh. texture. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, white chance. Yo, that was so clean. It's the one, man. I'm working on it. Yes, yeah, that one. <laughs> It was just like that, He's though. He's so seasoned. He's seasoned, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know, it's not my first radio. I'm like, yeah. fuck, who made that? I don't know. Why Show yourself. Stick? Yeah, why did it, why did this make It's called like... The Reveal. Is it? <laughs> Is that what it's called? No, I made that up. Creator needs to show themselves. No, but, so I joined that team in 2008. And I was only on it for like a year and some change, but Byron, the director, considers me like alumni because I was so about it like before and after I left. Like dance has always been a part of me. So that thing, that part. He was flying people out. He's such a real ass like director. Like he would take our dues. We would pay like 30 bucks a month or whatever. I don't want to give a set amount because it might be different now. Yeah, <laughs> it might be different. Times have changed. We'll it's been 10 years, gas prices going up. Like. <laughs> Like, um, and he would take our dues and he would like fly out like choreographers. So I was learning from like Dumbo and like So Real right. and people like even before they were on ABDC and yeah. stuff. And like just taking these classes like Jun Kamado, like mm -hmm. all these people, yeah. all these seasons, like, <laughs> yeah. And so I was taking class, practice would be like three days a week or four days a week for like five hours a day. So it was like intense pickup, like, you know, yeah. and I feel like that's where I got my musicality from too. Like 
or my ear, mm-hmm. that helped my ear. So my brother helped with like, you know, kind of like the roots and then Eminon helped with like my ear and my precision. And then I moved to Florida like right after that and then there was no choreo really like that. And if it was, it was like at a college that I didn't go to, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh wow, people are actually like freestyling. It's the first time I saw like people popping and like waving and shit. And I was like, I want to learn that. And then so that's kind of how I like flip-flopped in and out of the worlds, the brains, the two brains, the yeah. two brains. Because <laughs> it's definitely two different brains, the freestyle world and the choreo world. <laughs> that's another can of worms. <laughs> And maybe not with the microphone. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I joke, I joke. Mm. She's not joking. <laughs> I guess just as far as like freestyling, when it becomes like a part of your day, is it just kind of like a natural thing that happens for you? Like, oh, like I feel like I need to go dance right now. Or is it something that you set aside, like I need to train like this set amount of time, like every day or something like that? Both. Both. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, both. Sometimes I'm like, I need a dance break right now. Mm-hmm. And I have anxiety, too. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an extreme. There's some juicy stuff here. Okay. So, like, I had a home invasion. I think you know about it. Mm-hmm. I was living on my own, just me and my then three-year-old. She was three at the time. And that, like, is a different kind of trauma. It felt so violated. I moved out immediately. My landlord was like, you don't want to just, like, change the locks? I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is kind of serious, bro. Yeah. It's kind of fucking serious. Yeah. Like, all yeah. my equipment was just stolen, and someone just broke into my house. Like, you want me to just change the locks? Mm-hmm. And be okay? <laughs> Whatever. I moved in with, I moved back in, like, not back in because my parents bought a new house, so it was kind of like a weird transition for all of us. So that was kind of cool. But anyway, fast forward to, like, a couple months ago this summer, I was at the house by myself. And it was the first time I realized that I had had like I was gonna be in a house by myself since that happened. Like since I was living by myself with my kid. And my anxiety was like never before. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't sleep. Like every sound I heard, I was like on high alert. And I was just like, I need to dance right now. And I just started like dancing. (laughs) I was like, fuck it. And I just like turned the TV on and like turned my phone on. And I started like practicing and like just getting out of that. So that's one instance where it's like, now i need to dance right now and i ended up dancing for like five hours like i was just like dancing taking a break watching myself deleting what didn't watching myself for the 97th time (laughs) (laughs) and then i would put my phone back down dance again and like waited until the sun came up and then i felt comfortable to actually like go to sleep but it was two nights that i would be by myself back then over the summer so the second night was easier i think because of that Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I can, like, chill. <laughs> no, but that's just, like, one of those things. But then, obviously, if I know there's, like, a battle coming, like, freestyle session, I knew that was coming up last weekend or the weekend before. And I was like, I need to train, dude. I'm rusty. So I would, like, go to the gym. I, I tell myself three days so that I could at least do one a day. Like, <laughs> I will at very least do one a day if I tell myself three days. You travel a lot to dance and I feel like you've met a lot of people like through dancing. Is there something that you see that's, I guess, well, I'm sure every place is like really different and unique in its own way, but mm-hmm. what is there something that you always like see, I guess, in Florida whenever you come back that isn't in other places, if there is anything? Oh, there is something. There is something in Florida that's very different from everywhere else. And I noticed that like in ciphers of Florida, people are very like open to eating. Like, in the way that, like, when someone enters a cipher in Florida, they're doing their best. They are, like, not holding back. And you can tell when someone's, like, new in a cipher, but, like, if you were to put, like, all the, like, heavy hitters that you know of, like, in a cipher, they're just going to keep feeding each other. And it's not going to, like, stop the cipher, which I've noticed in a lot of different areas where like people get in a cypher and then someone does something fucking crazy and everybody's like all right cypher is over <laughs> in florida they're like no cap like let's let's just keep going like you know mm-hmm. and i'm like who started who told them that they had to stop after somebody did something yeah. dope mm-hmm. because i started ciphering in florida so when i started going other places i'm like why did you guys stop why are we you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah 
That's a good question. Definitely like cipher etiquette and just like keep feeding. Like if it were like a fire, like everybody just keeps feeding it. Yeah, other places they're like, all right, well, guess we're done. Shit. <laughs> Can't top that. Yeah. <laughs> Bug. It's like, what? I do know. I just said it. So you know, I don't know. know. I just gave you an answer. I just gave you an answer, but I don't know. <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> At this point. What type of impact do you hope to make long term? Are you kidding me? What kind of impact do I hope to make? I want to be like Oprah. I want to be like, I want everyone to become like humanitarians. I want everyone to just have a little bit more empathy. Yeah. That's really it. That's it. If everyone just had a little more empathy, this world would be a better place. And that's all everybody needs, just a little more empathy. What do you think is like the lack of empathy? Like what makes for a lack of empathy? Pride. Pride? I'm interviewing y'all now. No, oh, yeah. she, turned, she turned it around. Yeah. I wasn't ready. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I've had enough coffee. <laughs> the world would be a better place if there were just more empathy. Mm -hmm. So where is the empathy at? What's compromising everybody's ability? To be empathetic. Yeah, to like attain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it the distraction? Mm -hmm. Is it the Still ego? Yeah. Ego is a really big thing because people think they got to do this, that, and the third for approval of everybody that has nothing to do with empathy. Sure. Or even sympathy. I think a lot of people just flex. People like to flex. And it's like, for what? Self-validation. Hmm. Cool. Well, this has been really great. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I had a great time. It was very honest the whole time. I didn't, you know, I didn't um, you fabricate you anything. Stood by, <laughs> you stood by the quality that you admire most about yourself. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> yes. This was awesome. Thank you for spending time with us right after you got off the plane. Yeah. Really yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was great. I got to wiggle. <laughs> to see Mona's production house, go to filthyanddivine.com. Her Instagram is at Mona Lee Made It. If you're interested in being part of the movement and craving to have your voice heard, let us know. That's what we're here for, to spread light, give people a platform to amplify their voice, and so much more. Next time, stay tuned for another special spotlight on one of Orlando's best.